This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Happy New Year, folks. And I say that without, a, without any sense of irony whatsoever, given that what I'm about to give you is Hilaire Belloc riffing on the illusion of the New Year. As he tells us, there is no such thing as a New Year. It's a symbolic thing. It is an illusion. And it is prone to superstition. And that's really at the core of it, because he compares it to something that seems much more real, and that's sort of the ancient practice of worshipping the new moon, which he then explains is also an illusion. And yet it seems much more real, and at least on the surface makes more sense than people who get very superstitious about the new year. So don't fall into that. Something we need to remember ourselves is the point he makes towards the end, which is that it is it does provide us the one opportunity of one opportunity where sin appears to be on our mind. I'll riff on that more at the end. For now, I present to you Hilaire Belloc's famous essay on the New Year and the New Moon. God bless. On New Years and New Moons by Hilaire Belloc. The New Year is overvalued. Properly speaking, it is not there at all. It is a whimsy. It is an imaginary. It is a fiction of the mind. It is a convention. It is a fraud. I wonder that the Jabberknolls, that vast crowd who object to anything that is not tangible and cannot be tested by experience, have not protested against it before now. The new moon is something real. She hangs in the sky a tender crescent, a sickle of ethereal silver magically transmuted, under the evening, into gold. She lacks only a hammer at the, of the same metal to make her a symbol of all that is best and noblest in new everything. She is quite rightly openly worshipped by, by many savages and secretly by most civilized men as well, at least of those who inhabit the countrysides and have not yet been uh, twisted by girders and cement, to which, let me add, the daily paper is a highly antiseptic influence. The new moon has been hymned, and most deservedly so, for she is really there. Indeed, I myself have seen her more than once. The new moon is worthy of our adoration because she is real. Of course, there is illusion even about her, as there is illusion about all her sex. For I am assured by the learned that the new moon is only a slice of the old one, and that the old one is there all the time. But anyhow, the light on that lovely little exiguous little gradually brightening little arc is real if indeed anything told us by our senses be real. We can hold on to the new moon firmly as something that we know, though we are not allowed to touch it, and the way in which the new moon, just at her virginal best, dies away into the western mist and disappears from our sight is admirably pathetic. It is a theme I should recommend to the poets had they not already got hold of it in herds and were they not still grinding it out by the page full. It is true that I have seen none of her in what is called modern verse, but then modern verse has nothing to do with poetry. So much for the new moon, which has led me astray from my theme, fascinating me, as is the habit of goddesses. If you doubt this, get someone to read you a textbook on mythology or to sing you the song in the Belle Helene, which, though of the Second Empire, and therefore Victorian until lately mixed up with the general curse of horsehair furniture, and plus upholstery in general, is homely and human, and so not to be despised. The tune is lively, but it needs to be sung with feeling and go. It is forgotten now, and those who still remember it are too old to sing. 
It is my business to return to the new year, though, to tell the truth, I see no reason why I should. A man writing on some str strict subject, such as the morphology of the Kakanidi and their relation to the Jurassic formations, must stick to his subject or be torn to pieces by infuriated pedants. But I am under no such obligation today, still less are my readers. If I like to wander at large, I may. Nor need they be fatigued by constraint to a particular path, though I fear it must be a little tiresome to be dragged through a mass of undergrowth. But no matter. If we do not begin to talk about the new year, we shall not get to it at all. So here goes. I say that the new year is a whimsy, an imaginary, a nothing. It's not there at all. You may receive it with all manner of ceremonies. You may treat it with a solemn ritual. But all that is part of the myth-making of man. It is indeed part of the reality that seasons do actually pass and return in a circle, a ring whence, if you like, the word annual. The days will actually grow longer after Christmas, thank heaven, and then they will get shorter again after Goodwood. There is a rhythm about all with this which I do not pretend to understand, but which is part of reality, and we human beings, bounden by reality, can find to it until we get a way to do better things. For I mean reality, all the business of this world, must set boundaries so as to know how far we have got along the round of the works and the days. For the moment we have fixed on a certain day, the 1st of January, which in its turn is not there. There is no January. It is one more of those imaginations, without which, in our weakness, we cannot live. I would rather believe in a Janus with two faces, for I have met such people, than in a mere abstraction, like January. Moreover, any day out of the 365 and a quarter, to be accurate, 365 days, 5 hours, 49 seconds, and a sniff, which is the present length of the year, but that is changing and may change again if something comes to trouble us from outer space, would do for a starting point. Not so long ago, March 25th, called by the old-fashioned and by rent collectors, Lady Day was the first of the year. And from what I have read, the inhabitants of the Middle Kingdom have yet another day altogether. As do the our so-called elder brothers are said to have a calculation of their own, to which they are welcome. You would certainly find, if you searched throughout mankind, that New Year's were almost infinite. So let us be grateful that we have a solid and rooted one of our own, on which there can be no doubt. Let us also withstand all efforts at changing our ritual, for by ritual men live. It must have been a dreadful wrench when the English suddenly lost 11 days, rather more than 200 years ago. And what good did it do anyhow, except, of course, to debtors who were paying interest, or to their creditors? I cannot be troubled to calculate which. A new year has this useful thing about it, whether it be our elder brothers, Julian, Gregorian, the Middle Kingdom, or Choctaw. It makes man remember and regret his follies and his sins. Never forget the great saying that when a man comes towards the end of the downward slope and sees before him the open gates of the marble tomb, he finds on either side of him two groups of companions. They talk to him continually and leave him no peace. On the right side, his follies. On the left, his sins. If we did not become familiar and conversant with these ultimate companions, we should make very poor wayfaring with them at the end. And as before the end we lose all other friends and fellowships, let us at least be conversant with these, and learn to know them each by name, and to grasp them familiarly by the hand, turning to the right and saying, Good morning, my dear folly number eight. Let us talk over the matters that concern us. But excuse me, my left sleeve is being pulled. Good morning, sin number 367. Remember me to all the little sins. 
I say that at the new year we enter into the preparatory companionship with our follies and our sins. Wherefore, idiots on this occasion make good resolutions. They had far better make money, which lasts, or hay while the sun shines. But the sun does not shine at the new year, and there is no hay, except what is already stacked under its thatch in the rick outside the yard. Some may have a hard time understanding his point here, but remember, the new year, as we celebrate it, is a fiction. As Catholics, for us, the new year began the beginning of the liturgical year at Advent. Something to consider. And we, as, new, as we begin this new calendar year, he reminds us to look at our sins. And why? Well, let's take a look at the liturgical calendar, which is far more real than the secular. What's coming? Lent. So look to our sins. And keep them in your mind. Because the time for our purgation of our sins is coming. Hopefully in this lifetime, as opposed to the next. Anyway, I hope you found that enjoyable, a little light, and as with Belloc, usually requiring a close, pan a close attention. He doesn't seem to be one for much of the secular world's uh, silly little whimsical things, such as New Year's. I'm not really either. It's why on New Year's I usually am in bed by, well, well before midnight. Uh, watching ball drops and things just isn't my thing anymore. Hasn't been for pretty much my entire life. So I share that with him. The new year that is much more interesting to me is that which begins in Advent. That which carries us through our liturgical cycle, because that reflects the realities of our faith and is thus far more real than anything the secular world celebrates. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.